0: What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. We're talking hoops. We're talking recruiting because CSU men's basketball was able to get a big-time commitment out of Joel Scott. D2 superstar and a Colorado native. He is deciding to come home to finish his collegiate career. Originally at a monument, Colorado starred at Lewis Palmer High School, has just dominated at Black Hills State for the last four years. Back to back Final Four appearances. He was actually the 2023 D2 National Player of the Year, and he's a two time D2 All American. So he's a highly, highly decorated player at the D2 level. On top of that, he comes to CSU with just an insane amount of experience, nearly 4,000 minutes played in his career, 116 games, 114 of which were starts. He was a four-year starter for Black Hills State and basically rewrote the record books during his time there. He is the all-time leading scorer with 2,471 career points. He had a 50-point game, so he has the, the record for most points in a game for them as well. I mean, really, we can go on and on when it comes to all the different things that this guy has accomplished in his career thus far. I think the big question for CSU fans is, well, is that going to translate at the next level? We're going to talk about this on the pod. We'll get into depth a little bit and talk about the roster. We'll talk about how CSU is becoming a D2 pipeline and why that is a good thing. And uh, then we'll also talk about some guys that could be next in the mix as far as CSU recruiting goes. A couple of guys we've talked about a lot but are very connected to Joel Scott, and I think this has been very intentional with the way that CSU has recruited everybody. At the end of the pod, we'll talk about a pair of signees for the women's program, and we'll talk about the landing spots for Isaiah Rivera as well as Baylor Hebb. But before we get into everything, I do want to remind everybody that we are hosting an I Love CSU Day Happy hour event at the DNVR bar tomorrow. That is April 18th from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Appetizers are provided via the Alumni Association. There will be some drink specials as well. So check that out. It's going to be a blast. I would love to see just so many CSU fans down there repping the green and gold. I know Tuesday, maybe not the most convenient day in the world to get away. But I mean, hey, we're, we're repping the Rams. That's what it's all about. And we're hosting it on I Love CSU Day, which obviously we don't control when that is. That said, for those of you that can make it, I'd love to chop it up, talk CSU with you guys. I'm very appreciative of the Alumni Association for thinking of the DNVR bar and having us be the official Denver spot. I'd love to be able to host more CSU-themed events at DNVR in the future, but we kind of got to show the the bosses that CSU fans will turn out for them, that it will be a success if we do them. So, yeah, come through, wear green, celebrate our great university with some fellow Rammys, and just have a good time because that's what it's all about. Hope to see all of you there. All right, we're going to talk Joel Scott. We're going to talk CSU recruiting. Real quick, though, it is NBA playoff times. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA Get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Just open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. You know, the Nuggets coming off of a big-time victory in Game 1. I don't want to put too much stock into that. Sometimes fluky stuff, blowouts can, can happen in Game 1, and then you kind of settle into the flow of a series. But, man, they did not look prepared to handle this Nuggets arsenal in any way. And seeing the way that Jamal and MPJ lit it up makes me think there's probably a tasty little SGP you could design there, maybe take MPJ, like, three or more threes, you know, them all 15 plus points, something like that. Nuggets, money line, boom, you've got a nice little bet. Sweet little action to make the game that much more interesting. Download the app now, sign up with the code DNVR. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet, score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with that code DNVR. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler in Massachusetts, call 800 327 5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.ma.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 and older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Additionally, you know we love our Breck beers over at DNVR, and it's because they have a beer for any occasion. Breck Brew has been doing it for 32 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. It's made with 100% renewable energy, so you've got to love that. And what I've really come to love is just the endless variety that they offer. It's summer right now. I'm a big fan of their summer shandies. Extremely crushable, but not quite as sweet as some of the other shandies on the market. Really found that sweet spot. I'm a big mountain beach sour guy. You can't go wrong with the seltzer, summer seltzy season. And of course... In the NHL playoffs, it's all about that avalanche amber ale, a classic, an institution, and just a perfect beer to have one or two or ten while you're watching the Abs. Make sure you're drinking responsibly and check out the beer locator at Breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. All right, all right, all right. CSU secured a commitment from six foot seven, two hundred and twenty-five pound forward Joel Scott out of Black Hills State University, really, really strong D two powerhouse. And Scott was obviously a, a big part of that success. We already went through some of his accolades there in the intro. He's a two time All American. He's the 2023 D two player of the year, their program's all time leading scorer. The list goes on and on. But when I watch him, what stands out to me is just the relentless motor that he plays with. He's obviously a really tremendous athlete, and he's really versatile, too. I think he could succeed as a wing. I think he could be kind of a a stretch four with the way that he can shoot the three ball, but also get to the hoop. He's got great touch around the rim, got some bounce and explosiveness to his game as well, so he's really hard to stop when he gets his head going downhill. He's an active rebounder. He just does a little bit of everything. And I think that's what's going to be the biggest strength with this CSU roster this season. And obviously, it's still in flux. We'll have to see what happens with Isaiah Stevens. They've still got at least two scholarships to fill, three if Isaiah decides to go pro. But in my opinion, Scott is just the perfect player to pair next to Patrick Cartier in the front court. Don't get me wrong. I'm really stoked about Kyle Evans as well. And I think he's going to play a pretty big role for this team in year two and especially beyond. But Scott is a guy that you know right now you can put on the floor. He's not going to be intimidated. He's not going to get bullied physically. But trying to stop the combo of Cartier and Scott in that front court is going to be really challenging because they can score from anywhere on the floor, and they're going to be able to you know, get bigs chasing them out. Either, well, I guess they will chase them out, and it'll open up driving lanes, and it'll open up some space in the paint, or they won't, and Cartier and Scott will hit outside jumpers all day long. It's just a really good fit in, you know, a a one-in-four-out offense, or even a five-out at times. With the way CSU plays, they've got guards. They want to go up tempo. They want to drain shots. I'm really excited about the impact that Scott can make right away. I'm excited about the versatility that he brings to the table. I like the attitude that he plays with. From what I've seen, just kind of like I said, has a relentless motor. Is an all effort kind of guy. But if you excuse my language here, but I just think he also is going to bring a little bit of chippiness and just fuck you-ness to that front court. I know that's not a a word or a term, but just that mentality of playing like that. Fuck you. This is my rebound. Fuck you. This is my loose ball. You think you're going to slide over and stop me from getting to the rim? Fuck you are. When you watch him, he plays like he's the best player on the floor and that he knows it. Now, is he going to be able to dominate the same way at the D1 level? Probably not exactly, but I do think his game is absolutely going to translate. Maybe a bit of a transition period. If you remember back to Chandler Jacobs, it kind of took him a, a really about a month and a half to find his footing. There were moments where he would flash, but it kind of took him a while to find his role after being the superstar guy at Dallas Baptist U to more of a six-man at CSU. But I remember watching clips of him back when it was announced that he was coming to CSU, and you could just feel like, man, there, there's no way this isn't going to translate. Felt the same way with Cartier coming out of Hillsdale College. And I trust my eyes here. I just I don't see how it isn't going to work out. And frankly, I also just trust the staff's evaluation because at this point, their track record is pretty dang good. Medved and Ali and these guys, they're patient recruiters. They're meta-principles and they stick to it. They don't abandon those principles just to land somebody that, you know, maybe has really desirable talent but has less desirable personality traits or just isn't going to be a good fit in that program. If we've learned anything over the last half decade or so, the fits matters just as much, if not even more, than the talent. And what I like about these guys coming up from D2, just in terms of how they're a fit in the program, in the locker room, They have chips on their shoulders. They're eager to prove that they can play at this level and they're willing to work really hard to do so. They're not high major guys dropping down who maybe have talent, but they think their crap doesn't stink. They think that they don't need to work hard. Look no further than the disastrous situation up in Laramie this year. Jeff Linder has always been a guy that has made really tough teams with Juco players and D2 guys coming up and exactly what I'm talking about. He kind of lost sight of that after the NCAA tournament appearance. I think he just went after the the sizzle and, and not the substance. But I bet you won't see him make that mistake again. And look, don't don't get it twisted. Sure, you would love to land D1 transfers as well. It's becoming harder than ever to do, especially when you don't have a ton of NIL. If you're an established player at the D1 level, you're going to command close to six figures, if not even more than that. I mean, look at these Mountain West guys. Look at look at the kind of money that they're getting. I've heard Ek's asking price is 300k plus. Tanjay got a bag to go to Missouri. Ashworth got I've heard you know over 200k to go to Creighton. Those are all really good players, very talented guys. I'm excited to see what they do. Will Baker went to LSU. I'm sure he got something as well. But if that's how much Mountain West guys are getting, how much do you think an established high major player is asking for? When it comes to the type of cash that these big schools can offer, we're not even in the same league. We're not even playing the same game. But with all of these big schools going after the, the transfers, and especially D1 transfers, there's now an opportunity to land some of these really, really good D2 guys, some junior college guys that are probably being overlooked, high school talent as well. Recruiting has changed drastically in the last 18 to 24 months. And you got to get creative. What hasn't changed about the process, though, is the importance of relationships. And Nico, Ali, they have been extremely persistent with the recruitment of Joel Scott. They have probably been after him longer than anyone. There were high major teams that came in, sniffed some interest. CU tried to come in late. Joel's actually the younger brother of Josh Scott, who was a star at CU. So it's big time that CSU was able to get him in green and gold. But those relationships matter. They're important. The staff took their time, and ultimately they were able to convince a a really talented player to finish his career at CSU. It's a process, guys, and it takes time. I know we get really impatient. We all want that instant gratification, but never more than now has this been a a really complicated process that you kind of really have to walk a, a tight rope as a staff. Yes, you want talent, but you have to make sure they're the right fit and from everything that i've gathered scott is is exactly that he's a guy that understands the value in being able to come into this system and play big minutes and show what he can do and not just you know chasing the allure of a high major school but getting to that point where you genuinely trust the staff and you see yourself as a you know piece in the system that takes time you got to develop trust and in my opinion when you can't just throw a bag of cash at him the way that you know, someone like Musk at Arkansas can do. If you can still land talented players, that's a testament to your recruiting abilities. And I think whether it's this basketball staff or the football staff, they're doing a really good job of evolving. And maybe this is just me, but I would rather take the kid that dominated at D2, works his tail off, has a chip on his shoulder. It was something to prove every single time over the kid coming from the the high major that you know thinks he's just going to walk in, and it's all going to be easy. all right, moving on, talking about the the depth of the roster with him coming in. Obviously, a lot of this will be dependent on what happens with Isaiah, and it's really a guessing game, what the rotation will be until we know that. if he were to come back, though, I think you have a pretty intriguing group of guys there. And you still have two scholarships to work with. You've got a versatile front court, maybe not necessarily the most physically imposing in the sense of you don't have like a true seven footer, you know, two forty type guy that can just come in. the The good thing is also though, there's not many of those guys left in the league anymore. San Diego State's bigs are moving on. Ike is not at Wyoming anymore. Baker left Nevada, so I think you can kind of get by with being a little bit smaller, especially if you have really talented. And skilled forwards paired with talented and skilled guards, which CSU will have in abundance. I'm really, really excited about the potential of Josiah Strong. I genuinely don't believe CSU fans recognize just how good he can be, but he's probably the best defender on the team and is a guy that can be 40 plus percent from three point range on a high volume, really an elite two way player when everything is right. I think we saw really encouraging flashes from Jalen Lake down the stretch last season. I feel like we started to see his confidence come back with that jump shot, started getting more of a rhythm. So I'm expecting him to make a leap. You hope that, you know, Tavey Jackson and and Kyle Evans can build off what they established this year. You've got really talented signees coming in and Rashad Memba and Kyan Evans. There's a lot to like about that roster. And again, you still have at least two scholarships to work with. As far as where those scholarships might go, I would keep an eye on Freddie Hicks of Tarleton State, a guy who's really good in the WAC, but who I'm really intrigued by are CU transfer Neat Clifford and UNM transfer Javante Johnson. I've talked about both of them on previous pods, so they're not new. But Javante was actually high school teammates with Joel Scott, so there could be a reunion possibility there. And Neek Clifford is from the Springs as well. Him and Javante are really tight. I had heard that they kind of wanted to be a package deal. Maybe it's just going to become a trio of Colorado kids all coming back to CSU. I think that'd be a really neat story. Those two would give CSU some more versatility on the wing with Neek and some three-point shooting with Javante. But I think that would be a testament to the way that CSU is now viewed from talented basketball players out of this state. A lot of them historically have chosen to go elsewhere. So if, and this is a big if, they were able to land all three of those, you would be getting Scott, a guy whose brother was a star at CU and had interest from CU, but chose to go to CSU. Neat Clifford, who was recruited by CSU out of high school, ultimately chose CU, but then could end up in Fort Collins. And Javante another guy that was recruited out of high school by CSU but ended up at New Mexico, if all those guys come back and have success, I think down the line, you know, some of these Colorado kids maybe just decide to stay in state in the first place, just decide to pick CSU the first time around. But it all comes down to relationships. That's the theme of this pod. If you didn't recruit Neek, if you didn't recruit Javante Johnson out of high school, who knows if you would even be in the running this time around, but the fact that you had those previously established ties is huge. There's a familiarity. There's a trust level. So it's going to be really interesting to see how all this plays out. But I think there's a possibility for some really cool storylines to come together. And just if you want to be petty, the fact that it would drive CU fans absolutely crazy if Neek also ended up in Fort Collins. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's talk about where Isaiah Rivera and Baylor Hebb will be heading next. When you get hurt, though, Backus & Shanker is here to help. Backus & Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus & Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients, now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus & Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus & Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks, they can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus & Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus & Shanker wins. Also, take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades and affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've ever worn, durable frames, and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all, though. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even day one, they told us they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact, from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it for now and years to come. If you don't love Shady Rays' exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days, there's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR, And get yourself 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right, if you missed it, Isaiah Rivera will be finishing his career at the University of Illinois, Chicago. He's going back home. I think it's a really solid fit for him. He'll be able to play significant minutes there, be a focal point for them in what they do, while also getting an opportunity to play close to family. He's one of those guys that certainly is talented, and I think a change of scenery is not going to be a bad thing for him. Just get a chance to reset. There were expectations on his career due to recruiting ratings that he probably never was going to be able to live up to, and that's a tough spot. But now he can just go somewhere else, get that fresh start. And hopefully finish his career on a high note because he is a cool story. I mean, he earned his starting spot last year on the team after being a guy that was in the rotation the couple of years before. But just being honest with his lack of offensive production, I don't think he would have been a starter again next season. And I think that just would have been a really tough way for his career to to wind down. So personally, I think it's a really solid fit. I think he can be a pretty talented player in the Missouri Valley. And I most certainly wish him nothing but the best moving forward. I always thought he was really polite, really gracious kid in interviews. But I do think he unfortunately was one of those guys who got impacted by perception. You know, the thought was just that he would be kind of a, a bigger deal than he ended up being. And that's that's not a shot at him. That's not his fault in any way or form. It's just to show that this whole recruiting rankings and stars and all that it can be, it can just be silly. But also, it can really just be harmful to the type of perception that it creates for a player, lofty expectations that they'll never be able to live up to, and then all of a sudden, if you look at it through that lens, their career is like viewed as a failure, and I just don't think that's fair. Again, Riv, plenty talented enough to be an impactful player at the D1 level. I do think the change of scenery will be good for him just to get a chance to reset, not have the same type of expectations. And I just hope to see him have some fun out there. Because I think at times it can be really challenging to be in the spot he was in. And I do think we saw his confidence waver as the season went on. The other news we saw is that Baylor Hebb will be finishing his career at UTEP, University of Texas, El Paso. Wish him nothing but the best. Again, I've never heard anything but positive things regarding how he was in the locker room. Great teammate. Jim rat, worked really hard in practice. Definitely got thrown into a role that was bigger than anybody would have wanted. But I think UTEP will be much more on par with the talent level that he should be playing at. And I'm not, I really am not trying to be like rude or or dog on the guy on his way out. It was just a situation where if the roster would have been healthy, Baylor wouldn't have played last year. He ended up playing a significant role, even starting because of what happened with the roster situation. But he's just not good enough to play at this level, at least not anything other than being the last man off the bench coming in for 60 seconds of garbage time. Again, nothing personal. I wish him nothing but the best as well. I'd love to see him finish his career on a high note at UTEP, hopefully even play an impactful role on that squad. Just trying to be honest with the evaluation and, you know, keep everybody informed of what the situation is. But That's all I've got for this one. We'll be back tomorrow with kind of a random episode where we talk about TBT. Uh, Antoine Smith, former CSU defensive line coach, has gotten into some weird stuff. We'll talk about that a little bit. All kinds of stuff. Um, Again, come to the DMVR bar tomorrow. That is the 18th from 4 to 6 p.m. for our event with the Alumni Association. Really looking forward to that. would love to see many of you there. Repping green. Much love, y'all. Peace.